0: what's up guys here with you at fc One kid episode 141 here with my guy Preston. how are you
1: uh i am not recovered i am great i guess on my end but i am not recovered from the the shockwaves right the bombshells that have been dropped in this week it's amazing football never never fails to surprise mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be on the pitch at all times, but I don't know, I, Alex. I can hear, I can hear the tears in your eyes. If the, is that possible? But I, I can hear the emotion, uh, in in talking to you. And I can't see you right now, but I know you're probably hurting, um, in in more ways than one with this managerial ridiculous this carousel that has started uh on us but we have so much to talk about beyond that afcon uh amazing transfers Mm -hmm. um a very 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 busy fixture list but i i don't think we can go any further without starting first with jurgen klopp stepping down well thank
0: you Jurgen Klopp for everything you've done for the world Mm. of football especially in the Premier League Jurgen Klopp is undoubtedly the biggest rival of Pep Guardiola in the Premier League Mm. let's not forget Jose Mourinho the special one in La Liga versus Pep Guardiola but in the Premier League Klopp did so much in eight full seasons in which he's been at Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp is the last manager to win a Bundesliga against Bayern Munich that have won 11 in the world in, the, in a row. And Klopp is the last manager, too, to beat a Premier League title to Man City. The last one to do both these feats. This is the history and the magnitude of a world-class manager that changed changed Liverpool that Jurgen Klopp changed the course of Liverpool's future he created references he created a Mo Salah a Virgil van Dijk and Alisson a Trent all with Scouser big history and now it's all at risk so it's a big decision for FSG but yes it's just I, I gotta say this too Liverpool are no doubt ahead of Arsenal now in the title contention this news for me at least, puts Liverpool mm-hmm. much more probable to win the Premier League. It's going to be a battle between mm. Man City and Liverpool. I think Arsenal, third place right now with this club news to leave Liverpool at the end of the season. It's high, Moudersh.
1: That's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really interesting that you say that because I was going to ask, yeah, do you agree with Virgil van Dijk who believes that him announcing this mid-season, while it's curious to some... Um, but him announcing this midseason will spur them on and motivate them more than if he were to, I guess, keep it locked shut until the end of the season. It, it is curious to me. It's because. Uh, but I, I am in... I think it's yeah. because Virgil
0: van Dijk says that the importance of club. Virgil van Dijk says the importance of club an, announcing the that he's leaving Liverpool. is because there's a mm-hmm. huge mental factor towards club saying. He's leaving at the end of the season. They're putting the responsibility of the last season of one of the greatest managers, if not the greatest manager this last decade uh, at Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp. No doubt. Obviously, he is. But it's the responsibility of this group of players to conquer in the last season of Jurgen Klopp when he announces in January that he's leaving. They're still in the FA (laughs) Cup. They're in a League Cup final that I certainly believe they'll beat Chelsea. They're still in the Europa League in the round of 16, and they are in the Premier League, and I believe they are going to win it. I'm getting that feeling, Bretton. It's the last hurrah mm. with Jurgen Klopp. Mm. Only Ke- only Kevin De Bruyne going bold, only Haaland going bold can stop, but we've seen that happen. But I'm moving more yeah. towards Liverpool now. I'm moving towards Okay. Liverpool.
1: Well, I mean, it is it is that last hurrah moment. Uh, boy, would it be a wonderful thing for our a just an amazingly emotional, uh, wears his heart on his sleeve type of manager to obviously go out on top. Uh, but then you got to look at Pep Guardiola, and you realize that hey, my biggest rival, I'm going to sleep better at night knowing that he will no longer be here. Although there are question marks surrounding <laughs> Pep Guardiola and how long he'll be at City uh, beyond this. But listen, I, I, I just I know that the next. Four or five months are going to be absolutely huge for Liverpool mm-hmm. um, and their fans. And I know that there were so, so many people that likely cried themselves to sleep mm-hmm. um, after this news. Uh, because through it all, Alex, um, he had worked his way into having an influence in Liverpool that, that was good mostly for every facet. Mm -hmm. Of Liverpool, whether it's the culture, whether it's the transfers that get stunned, whether it's the uh, um, the FSG relationship, um, whether it's his man management and just Mm -hmm. him bringing that that dry humor um, to uh, to the Premier League, um, that influence, as Manchester United has found out, as other clubs have found out previously, that influence is not easily replaceable. And there are so, so many Question marks from here on out. Think of the things that he did with the development with guys like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Robertson. uh, Andy Robertson. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's so damn impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry to curse, but it's so damn impressive what he has done. Um, Gave them their first Premier League title in 30 years. Three seasons of 90 points above, and if it weren't for Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, they'd have more, Mm -hmm. right? more titles in their back pocket. Um, and, and now, yeah, you got four or five more months with him and he wants nothing to do with picking the replacement, but the question marks are so curious to me. And that's why I like the timing, Alex, I wanted to ask to you, mm-hmm. um, as a, as a big fan of Jurgen Klopp, um, or a big, uh, you know, you're very appreciative of what he's done. Um, this timing I know it's very personal and I'm sure he weighed all the positives and negatives, but this timing is very curious to you, is it not? I think so, yes. I
0: think I think Liverpool okay. I think Liverpool with Klopp, I think he really is tired. I think it comes a time in your life that with the intensity that he's shown, with the, the, the options that he's been presented with, Jurgen Klopp doesn't mm-hmm. have the same budget as Eric ten Haag or Pep Guardiola no. in the Manchester clubs. Right. But Jurgen Klopp created references with what he was given. He was given a lot of money with the Philippe Coutinho sale. What did he give after? Mm-hmm. Virgil van Dijk and Alisson. He creates an mm-hmm. Andy Robertson. He creates a Trent Alexander-Arnold that is a vice-captain and a m- huge reference with Jurgen Klopp. So I think he created the beautiful, most beautiful memories that a Liverpool fan could like even dream of. Like Seeing the sure. situation before and the situation right now for Liverpool, it's humongous. Humongous. Mm-hmm. Now Liverpool is a Champions League-expected team, not an Europa League-expected team. And I think that's part of the reason why Jurgen Klopp wants to pass the torch. He believes someone out there can do uh, – s- maintain – The high standard. But I just wanted to say this. Jurgen Mm -hmm. Klopp with Liverpool will be an iconic Premier League era team. Just like Man City with Pep Guardiola. Just like Jose Mourinho with Chelsea. Just like Sir Alex Ferguson with Manchester United. I know many eras. And to Arsene Wenger. With Arsenal, Jürgen Klopp is in this conversation because he's won the Prem, he's won the Champions League, and he won every person in Liverpool's heart too. In the meantime, mm-hmm. so keep going, mm-hmm. bold Jürgen Klopp, and I'm I'm very concerned. Well, what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. in the future because you got Salah, Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, the youngest of the bunch, that you must guarantee the high standards. Winning a Champions League, winning the Premier League must be the focus, and it's gonna be very hard to pick a new manager to replace Klopp, but obviously, yes. in everyone's people's mind, the best replacement for Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool is right now the unbeaten manager in the top four leagues, a former legend of Liverpool, a legend of the Galacticos, and he is the right option. It's Xabi Alonso. Yeah. Xabi okay. Alonso is the favorite, in my eyes, to coach Liverpool in the future. But before they pick Xabi Alonso, there must be a sporting director too. It's the sporting directors right. that's going to be announced, and then we will see Xabi Alonso. But honestly, if yeah. you see the the, the the transfers in this summer of Xabi Alonso, just get the man that did these moves with Xabi Alonso. Hoffman, Shaka, Grimaldo, Boniface, All home runs and all instrumental towards Leverkusen being in the position that they are right now this season. Xabi Alonso is the right guy. But Liverpool favorites is Xabi Alonso or De Zerbi. It must be one of these two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just am going to be that one person um, that says, and I know he's probably going to go cut his teeth elsewhere. He's already announced that he's leaving. But anyone that has ever said or, or talked about uh, um, Per Linders, his assistant coach, has has nothing but amazing things to say about the guy. And I I doubt that he will be the next head coach of Liverpool. But I am really really excited to see where he winds up next and whether it is going to be him cutting his teeth uh, in prep of uh, one of his head coaching or his own head coaching position mm-hmm. in the future. Because um, he is he is. I don't know if you saw that interview um, mm-hmm. that he did, where he discusses how they tactically prep the for games. Voice. I mean, I saw it, yeah. oh my gosh, it it, it just made, one it made my head spin at how much you know the facets of the game that he thinks about and how how far ahead he is um, than most. And I bet Jurgen Klopp would endorse him wherever the heck he Maybe decides he would, to go. Uh, um, but Marquez, coach's but, voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but I I agree. I mean, the the odds-on favorite. You're right. Is Xabi Alonso? Um, I, I guess you know. Uh, obviously obviously it's amazing what shabby alonzo is doing right now um it, we just need to remember that there's a small sample size albeit an insanely positive one mm-hmm. um and i would imagine that the first punch in the face which is very important generally for a any manager right to get that punch in the face and deal with it whether it's a Victor Boniface going out for four months, right? That's pretty bad. And getting more um, like
0: Iglesias y- in the meantime. Yeah,
1: but uh, that's true. But early on, right? Shabi Alonso inherited a Leverkusen team that was insanely, insanely underperforming, exactly. and he immediately got them back on track. Um, I just caution and that you know, plucking him out. And the style yeah, of this, play. Yeah, well, that's true. The style of wing play.
0: Backs, like, imagine we see. I know that Jeremy yeah, Fringpong true. is a very different wingback back. From a Trent Alexander-Arnold. One's a speedster. Yeah. Another one is a lead passer. But I still believe a Xabi Alonso with a Trent Alexander-Arnold would be mm-hmm. scary. And as I said, you must guarantee quality in the next manager of Liverpool to sustain these world-class stars of Alisson, Virgil van Dijk, Salah, and to Trent Alexander-Arnold. It must happen. Fair enough. And yes, I think that Liverpool... Will have a busy summer too. It won't be just the manager having a new sporting director. You will have someone that will want to have his fingerprints in who comes in in transfers too and who comes out. So even a Mosala going to the Saudi Super League is more likely mm-hmm. now than it was without with Jurgen Klopp. No, Salah mm-hmm. leaving to the Saudi Pro League is more likely to happen without Jurgen Klopp. Next season, so I fully yeah, believe I that can. move can happen. And if you have a sporting director that loves Wonder Kids, don't be surprised if Yon Bakayoko is straight away the first player he goes really? and gets for that position. Okay, if it's 30 40 million, that is kind of a bargain with a Luis Diaz, Diogo Shot, Darwin Nunes. So many young options in front, Cody Gakpo, but, but yeah, none is Musala. But
1: what, what, also in, what also intrigues me here is if F.S.G. was Mm -hmm. looking. Remember, there was a time not so long ago that F.S.G. was looking to sell this team. Right. They were looking to to have an exit point. um, And then I think the whole Manchester United sale thing uh, Mm -hmm. showed them how how difficult it was be. I think I I think they sold off what a little bit of the club um, and got a little bit of a cash injection in there, maybe provided some exits with some more minority owners. But when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. um, they I don't they are going to have to strap in, it looks like, for the long haul in right. terms of ownership here, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of what was insanely marketable um, right now, Was the fact that Jurgen Klopp had his influence on everything? Was the fact that Jurgen Klopp was not synonymous with the club, but he was pretty dang close. Exactly, he was pretty dang close. Um, And with him going, um, obviously those uncertainties creep back in, and that's never good for a sale. So FSG, anyone that wanted them out, they're back. They're not. They're not. They're back, but they're not going anywhere. Is what I mean to say. (laughs) And they have some big, big decisions. So I really hope, as you're, Mm -hmm. as you um. As you suggested, uh, that technical director decision, then that manager decision. I mean, these are some big, big deals. But you think it's Shabi Alonso, Roberto De Serbi, um, and there's nobody else. There's right? two favorites. Um but- mm-hmm. I think but, there's nobody yeah, else. I mean,
0: Graham Potter, I think I'd be disappointed if Xabi Alonso oh, is yeah, showing okay, that he yeah. wants to go to Liverpool. He can't do that right now because of the situation with Bayer Leverkusen. But I just think it's so poetic for football fans, for Liverpool fans focus with this topic. Xabi Alonso becomes the Liverpool manager and the first manager to win the Bundesliga if that happens mate mm-hmm. that will be insane mm. the first manager since Jurgen Klopp that picks going to Liverpool too and Xavi's a legend of Liverpool. It just, I, it, I, it's mad. And Kerry Kane's at Bayern Munich. So even, even what that, he has a hand.
1: <laughs> for yeah, Kane not it, to it, have it, a
0: trophy it, another year. It's, it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> I... But, but what's,
1: insane, what's insane to me, except for the form and the fact that we all see what Bayer Leverkusen is doing, and mm-hmm. we all see what Xavi Alonso is doing, it just screams, right? It, it screams a little bit xavi and Barcelona in that sense, except with Xavi, it was Al Sad and it was Qatar and he had success there. Mm, he played right? there. Not right. Right. Exactly. Not um, the marketable type of success that we are looking at right now with Bayer Leverkusen trying mm-hmm. to end an 11 year power struggle uh, with Bayern and uh, doing it in just insanely ex- exciting fashion. Best right? And with ever. a bunch of injuries right now. Best exactly. So in
0: Leverkusen
1: history. <laughs> but you can't argue that there aren't parallels there for some people that, I mean, come on, it was like carnage. Friday, Klop. Saturday, Xavi. Mind blown on Sunday, and I I'm still not recovered from it. Right, <laughs> uh, but there are little parallels there. Right, you know, uh, club legend coming back. Um, the biggest difference is is that we we know and we see how Bayer Leverkusen was built up, um, and we so watch them struggle, and then. But, so I'm so intrigued to see this next choice. Obviously, I mean, is so so important. But the issue is is. Liverpool and FSG Mm -hmm. and fans, you're in danger of overthinking it, it's true. overanalyzing it to the point where you make the wrong decision. And, yeah, right now, the right decision is staring you in the face. I just don't know. Mm. It might be so perfect that they wind up ignoring it, Alex. Uh, it perfect so would perfect. have
0: been Stevie G, maybe, after leaving a yeah. Rangers team if he had <laughs> stayed until then. But look what happened. Stevie G went to Alex. Fagi extended like a couple a week ago, and now he sees Chabi Alonso as the perfect replacement. Everything can happen in football. But mentioning everything can happen in choices, I think Man United did a vital and Man Mm -hmm. United did a great choice in appointing Omer Berada as their CEO of football now. Omer Berada will elevate the squad of Man United in the next two years. I'm fully confident of what I'm saying and without overpaying. Without overpaying. Something that hasn't happened in Man United ever since Sir Alex Ferguson has left. They overpay f- pay for a lot of players. And I'm going to say Eric Den Hag has his job. Uh, Eric Den Haag's job as Man United's manager is uh, is risked right now. It's on the risk. Because Omer yeah. Berada, if he evaluates the situation of Man United, he must put a bit yeah. of blame to Eric Den Haag. He puts Jaden Sancho and Cristiano Ronaldo out. He he wants to sign an Anthony. He wants to sign an Onana that was signed a year before by Inter for free. So that's not a player that in a year becomes $50 all of a sudden. So Man United needs to change a lot of their structure and with salaries too. Omar Berada expect a lot of players to leave because of their high salaries right now. Rashford, (laughs) Sancho... I, I don't I am gonna say like everyone everyone can go at Man United right now and Eric Ten Hag yeah, is well. one of the names he must be no. put in attention now. Kobe Maeno, yeah, and Garnacho Hoyland. I think these three Omar Berada won't won't
1: won't touch but Rashford. Yeah. <laughs> I I well, don't know. Uh, but 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 that is also that is also part and parcel of what Barada is is bringing into this, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the the fact that there needs to be, whether it's a salary, whether it's an agent commission, whether it is a uh, transfer fee, um, there needs to be a, a big rationale, a real mm-hmm. grounded rationale on why you're doing what you're doing. Anthony, not the case, right? Yes. And Rashford, the issue there is base salary. The mm-hmm. issue there is is when a, when it comes to where he could potentially go, mm-hmm. you're you're limited, right? You're looking at like PSG, which once upon a time was a potential destination True. for Marcus Rashford. We all remember that, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, I love what he's saying, but my oh my, is there so much work to do at Manchester United in those regards, uh... right? Because the problem of offloading was something that Barcelona had issues with as well, right? It's something that Barcelona, it's when the the decisions, the bad decisions have already been made and they've saddled you with that type. So he's got to be ruthless Mm -hmm. and there likely has to be loss taking before there can be some profit taking long term um, with this. So I'm excited about the new signings in the future with Omar Barata applying that strict rationale to it. Um, But, you know, even with Manchester City, they had problems uh, Mm. later on. I mean, they they had their targets. And they knew that once they tasted success, once they tasted continuous success, um, other clubs would try and fleece you for money in that direction, True. right? And um, they did very well playing defense against that and then striking big with Julian Alvarez. With, uh, you know, Gavardi, all you could say is wishy-washy, but my goodness, he's so young and he's still one of the highest ceiling um defensive True. talents on the planet right now. So they overpaid but they overpaid with purpose potentially and they know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I am I'm I'm with you. I, I don't mean to spend as much time on Barata as we spent on Klopp because very very different, but, but I am very excited about this particular move mm-hmm. for Man United because it 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 says that they're ready to change the ethos, right? They're mm-hmm. ready to stop making crap decisions.
0: Exactly. The Man, U- <laughs> the Man United brand for me is top three in football. It's Real Madrid, Barca, what? and Man United. Number one in England right now. And that's why Omar Merada made a power move to go to Man United. And right now, mm-hmm. Eric Ten Hag, in his short period of time, compared to Jurgen Klopp and to Guardiola, Eric Ten Hag has spent more money in transfers than Jurgen Klopp. He's, Jurgen Klopp has spent $356 million Eric Den Haag, $396 With Kasmiru, with Anthony, with many players that cost a lot of money. And only Hoyland, for me, is one that shows risk potential that makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of things need to change. And as you said, let's see if it happens with Omar Berada. But... Certainly, yeah. they're better than not having a man like that in their structure. So, will Sergeant Radcliffe <laughs> and Omar Berard make something happen with this Man United team? Let us know in the comments. And let us know too. Do you agree with my hopes? With my high hopes of Xabi Alonso being mm-hmm. the replacement <laughs> of Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool? Let us know in the comments section. But as we said, this was not the only... The only announcement because Jurgen Klopp hasn't left Liverpool immediately and Xavi hasn't left Barcelona immediately but he has assured Mm. all fans that he'll be leaving at the end of the season Xavi realized that he is part of the problem of the situation of Barca right now the team dynamic is very negative the team is not improving the mentality is not getting better the style of play is not getting better and Barca I think they won't win La Liga They certainly won't win Copa del Rey with the way Bilbao and Madrid are playing. And they certainly won't win the Champions League because Real Madrid and Man City and Bayern Munich are still there. So Mm. it's a reset time. A reset time. But it's a hard choice to replace Xavi. I don't want to be in Laporta's shoes. Because I see every Barca fan that says Jurgen Klopp is coming to Barca right now. That is a dream. That is a dream yeah. right now. And if they convince Jurgen Klopp it's because of the weather, not because of the club situation <laughs> right now. It's to have a good <laughs> a good life change, a routine change and have fun with football, but that would be yeah. immense, but I don't think yeah, it will happen. Would... I don't think it will. No, happen. no, 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 no.
1: But I think there are good I think there are good potential replacements for Xavi. Um uh, and, and here's here's the issue. Here here's the issue. Well, I do, and here, because with Xavi stepping down, maybe there is a realization now that Barcelona is more a brand than a well-run club Mm. at this moment, okay? And they are paying for past mistakes, and I get it that everybody has this well-intentioned effect to get back to it, and that's why... Um, to get back to you know being that legendary club that was you know mm-hmm. that was Messi that was Suarez that was uh, Xavi that was uh, you know, all of them Busquets we could go on and on and on yes. right but but that's not coming back mm-hmm. anytime soon exactly okay the realization has to happen there and that's why when I look at things Xavi I, I, I mean there are a number number of head coaches, that would have been sacked well before Xavi uh, if we are applying whatever Xavi's reason for leaving is right now. Mm -hmm. Just because they're 10 points behind in La Liga, I don't think he was given enough credit for the fact that he won La Liga last season. True. He won La Liga last season. He won it in dominant fashion. There is always going to be a regression to the mean because Mm -hmm. this is not the finished product. And that's why, to be honest, Alex, I'm pissed at Xavi. Mm. I don't think he should leave. (laughs) I honestly do not believe Xavi should leave. Now, with that said, I do believe there are maybe better prepared managers Mm. to take it forward. I think in this instance, Xavi is maybe even hindered by the fact that he was so damn world-class at playing, Mm. right? And he's one of those guys that could be on the field and he'd figure out a game uh, before anyone else. And that's what made him so great and so, so good and consistent at what he did. Well... We know that that doesn't always translate to being a manager, but on top of that, he mm-hmm. then also has to thread the needle of being one of the world's most iconic brands, mm-hmm. coming off of one ones? of the hottest periods of success, right? Mm-hmm. And he has to what win La Liga again? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get. I don't get what the intent was. Now, if you're saying that it's culture, if you're saying he's lost the, um, the you know, the the, yeah. the 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 room, then. I, I could sort of understand that, but I feel like it's a cop out. I feel like he just puts them into another quandary because they don't have necessarily the money to go out and pay Jurgen Klopp, even if they want to, to but bring him through. in the door. They're more so likely, and I I do believe it, and I'll throw him in there. I mean, you should bring back a guy like uh, Francisco Garcia Pimienta, who plays for who plays, who's the manager of Las Palmas, mm. Las Palmas, and I stole this from an Athletic, uh, and, and I definitely should subscribe $1.99 a month for Athletic. Um, But I walked through what he has done with Las Palmas. Las Palmas, he has brought essentially the Barca style to play there in some respects, and he has relied on young players, and he has taken the second smallest wage bill in La Liga, and he has them in ninth place right now. He took Real Madrid toe-to-toe the other day. Mm -hmm. He did. And Real Madrid was looking not that great. He's a guy, he has 20-plus years at... Barcelona previous to that as a player and as, as a uh, La Masia manager. So, I, okay? I, I think it's, so a, a,
0: a, it's an interesting it, choice and we can mention the the managers that can replace Xavi, but I want to mention on the situation right now it's Yeah, Xavi is not the biggest problem at Barca. The biggest problem in my eyes is that there's no CDM. There's no CDM to control such a fragile defense at the back. This season in La Liga, they've suffered 29 goals. And last season, they had only like one, like 21 or 22 goals suffered. Ronald Arouge, yeah. Christensen, Conde are all looking much worse because there's no Ter Stegen and there's no Gavi and there's no CDM. The no Gavi I mean. is massive mm. for a Xavi style of play in a 4-3-3 with a high tempo, vertical tempo that needs a player like Gavi right there. It's not Pedri, yeah. it's Gavi that's making the biggest difference in my eyes at Xavi, uh, with Xavi. And, yes.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, and you're right. And just to put... All the data on the table, right? It was the second time in a week that Xavi and Barcelona had conceded four goals plus. And that is the first time in 70 years in Barcelona history that that has ever happened. Oh. 70 years. Okay, so I, I know I'm sitting here. I don't think it's all Xavi's fault, but I understand him maybe taking account for it and saying, you know, but Xavi didn't keep him keep uh, Anaki um from making a mistake. No, right, um, and and so on and so forth. But they've conceded nine goals. You're right. Sixteen goals they've conceded in the last five games. And as you mentioned, 29 goals in 21 games when they conceded just 20 all last season. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of bad stuff here. I I agree. Um... Um, yeah. but, but it's the but situation pu- too that Xavi re-set. was started with it.
0: Xavi was expected to do a lot just when he arrives with a La Porta presidency that was expecting a La I Liga know. title. And Xavi delivered the La Liga title that everybody was hoping to have with La Porta in short period of time. 75 wins. Uh, 75 wins, 21 draws, 26 losses, Xavi. That's his record at Barca. And he's a legend because he's won La Liga as a player and as a manager, too, with the style of play that he has. And Xavi invested big time in La Masia. He's going to mm-hmm. leave at the end of the season, but his legacy will live on. His biggest star being Gavi of La Masia that he trusted a lot. Alejandro Balde, I believe, big time, and he will show yeah. why Xavi trusted him. Pau Kubarzi, Lamina Mal, Hector Fort, late stages, remember yeah. all these names. Fermín López all had a, had a chance because of Xavi. So your legacy right, will live on.
1: And they all wound up injured because they they had to be ridden ridden hard right in that set like they literally had to be put on the field because they don't have they didn't have the money to bring in anybody else Mm -hmm. right they do bring in uh, vittor roca and i disagree with what Shabi has been doing with vittor roca um but i i just don't like i think that adds to the impressive nature of um of what he was doing Shabi, with what he had at his disposal right? Mm-hmm. I agree. He, he unlocked um, the the academy once again, and hopefully the next person that comes in uh, will Us continue too. to rely on them, but maybe, Alex, not rely on them too much, because you just mentioned Pedri, Gavi, and Alejandro Balde. Well, Alejandro Balde is going to be out for a very long time. Not mm-hmm. very long, but a long time, okay? And we obviously know where Gavi is. He's now going to miss Euro 2024 because of this. Um, and we know how hard it's been for Pedri to get all the way back to full fitness. But we also know that if anyone's building a team these days, the kid's only 21 and he's one of your first picks um, Mm -hmm. to build the dang team. Uh, But what he was able to do with the youth coming through, right? And just automatically playing up to La Liga level um, Mm -hmm. and, and beyond, right? And then go on to be mainstays in the national team. Um I do I think I think there's more work to be done here. Mm-hmm. And maybe Xavi doesn't feel like he's that guy. Um but he in this instance should probably be part of the panel to help pick the next guy. I agree. Um I because agree. it needs it needs to be right. Um and it and unfortunately Alex it doesn't change the inner workings here. Barcelona ain't out of the woods when it comes to this financial craziness. That's it's, why he has literally no mobility um to it's bring the in Sellers. anybody for the most part. It's the salary situation
0: right now at Barca. The hierarchy, we have Frankie de Jong earning more than 30 million because of COVID-19 deal that he did, that he accepted to get less in COVID-19 time to get now big time money. But you have... Frankie de Jong earning more than 30 million. You have Lewandowski earning more than 20 million. You have a player like Rafinha, a player like Ferran Torres, a player like Gundogan, all earning more than 10 million a year. You have high expectations with all these players. World class money is coming in to their accounts, so world class performances must come into for Barça fans that are still in the Champions League and. That are gonna be behind Girona in the title race. That cannot be the mm-hmm. case. There's too much mm. history, and the Barça team to finish behind Girona, behind Atletico, and to be finishing so consistently bad and behind Real Madrid. Even though they won La Liga last season. It's been yeah. a bad it's, it's been a bad time for uh, Barça fans lately because Real Madrid is doing everything they have to do efficiently. The right choice is a manager, and you don't see the drama that you consistently see in Barca news. It's so sad. You feel yeah. almost like it's no. teenagers just tweeting all, Ah, Xavi slept two hours. Why do you know yeah. that Xavi slept two hours? I've never seen a tweet <laughs> like that about Ancelotti. You need to focus on what matters. And what matters is the salary structure to be fixed. And Man United have yeah. realized that with Omar Berada coming in. Barca needs to mm-hmm. come in with Deku coming with big-time maths. Big-time maths by Deku, sporting director. That's what needs to happen. Aye, man, it puts me crazy. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, no. I, it, it is, uh, it's just back in the soup, man back into it for uh for barcelona fans uh i think for a long period for 80 percent of Xavi's reign here right mm-hmm. there was a feeling that this team was moving forward that was getting incrementally better but the, the, the largest signings that they've made are are guys that aren't at the end of their days but they are guys that in in the past would not have been the signings barcelona would make and that's gundawan it's uh uh, thirty-four year, thirty-four year old Lewandowski. They would have gotten him at twenty-seven, not at thirty-four, right? Fair enough. They did. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't fit him into the squad. They couldn't make him do a, Whatever. But, what but, they wanted. But uh, hindsight's twenty-twenty. But I just feel like there are so many managers out there. Uh, I mean, Jurgen Klopp included. Maybe this isn't a perfect parallel, but like last season was horrendous. And I, I did hear, I've heard through the grapevine, not through the grapevine, literally through Twitter, that, you know, it was it was his wife that kept him from yeah. not stepping down for Liverpool last season. Well, is Xavi married? Yeah, he's married, right? Or he has a partner. She should keep him in it. I really, I just, this just puts him in the soup again. To have to make another decision. And if there's one thing over the last few years, mm-hmm. right? And I know we, we shower Laporta with praise from time to time. Um, but they have not made – very clearly they've made more bad decisions with? than good decisions. Who would you replace somebody with right yeah. now? And that, that is a wonderful question because it is accepting where you are, right? There is going to be – like hiring somebody that is such a big name, right? Like going and plucking Mikel Arteta from Arsenal. Impossible. I feel like that's – it's a flipping pipe dream. Exactly. It's not happening. So get it out of your mind. Building somebody foundational – but you might isn't. be able to get like you might be able yeah but Klopp you impossible. can't pay Klopp that much Well it's not impossible don't say impossible but it's just another financial lever you're going to have to pull in order to get the guy in
0: No I think unless Klopp he's going to work un- for I peanuts think, I think Klopp would understand the situation of the project of Barcelona <laughs> I think Klopp if he were to accept the challenge of Barcelona it would be a challenge because he wanted to make yeah, but, history in the world of football because Barca Barce, is yeah, going world class consistently in Three, four seasons, Barca is a Champions League contender always because yeah, they will dominate but, uh, La Liga Alex. with Real Madrid.
1: If he was tired at Liverpool, he is going to be, uh, I don't know, catatonic. It's different. In Barcelona. The media I mean, it, it, in Spain it is. It, 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 and the
0: media right. in England, you are a spotlight in England and you're judged for everything. If you pick your nose in public well, in England, you're a headline. In Barca, well, that Shabby, would not be the case. Hold
1: on. I mean, Xavi's saying the same thing about. Uh, about the the politicking and the, and the constant barrage of negativity, um, at Barcelona too. Um, so I, I just don't think Klopp's, if he's actually stepping down for being tired, um, I don't think he's going to throw himself in his hat in the ring into, um, no, I bro. don't know a whole lot of gymnastics that has to happen to get these guys back on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- I think it should be more, and I doubt that this will be the hiring. But I think that it should be more foundational, um, and that's why I think bringing in the La- Las Palmas boss or bringing in a guy like if you can pull him away, Michelle from Herona, um, or or uh, Tiago Mota, Tiago Mota at um at Bologna, Gen- uh, not Gen- uh, at Bologna, at Bologna. He, um, yes, interesting
0: it, it, choices. There, it's hard to There's replace a... Xavi at Barcelona, Michel, Thiago Mota, Mourinho. <laughs> no, Mourinho <sighs> won't happen because he doesn't play in the 4-3-3 style of play. But
1: I think no, the... But...
0: Yes, yes, yes. Say, Breton.
1: But, but, but I just, I'm just saying, but here's the thing. You and I, I think, are talking about realistic people, right? But, but what I feel like most people that follow Barcelona are going to ask for, they're going to ask for Julian Nagelsmann. No, they're going to ask for Jurgen Klopp. They're going to ask for, you know, um, Hansi Flick. Yeah, they're no? going to ask for Mikel, M- Hansi Mikel Flick Arteta. The Can it happen? Yeah. I, Definitely. Yeah, it, it probably, probably could happen. German in charge of Barcelona. Do we see this being a good thing? I don't know. Um, I don't know, Alex. I really think it should be one more foundational with Whoa. the acceptance of where you are as a club currently, where you're fighting internal strife um, Whoa. and having to thread the needle of just this massive brand. Well, one thing's
0: for but sure. Rafa Marquez yeah. is not the first choice to be the Barca coach, nor will he no. be the Barca coach next season. I think Michel from Girona is a bold choice, but could happen. Thiago Motta from Bologna is a very bold choice, but could happen. It's a dreamlike scenario to get Jurgen Klopp a dream, but you never know. Let's see if they could <sighs> convince the sporting project that it is and a home run would be Oof. the ZB too. I think the ZRB would La Masia mm-hmm. with this... Brighton style of like youngsters always present and playing a good style of play, That Zerbi would be an interesting choice too for Barcelona. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's <clears> all rumors right now. And I saw Hansi Fleek was considered before Xavi. So let's see if they reconsider yeah, Hansi Fleek to be their manager. But right now in La Liga, Barca is not in the best situation, especially after, after losing 5-3. Villa Real, the way they did, Gossal, Gage, one goal, one assist. I loved seeing that. Uh, but wow. another team is going ball too, Breton, right?
1: <laughs> uh Girona continues to impress. Uh, 1-0 win um, mm-hmm. over the weekend. Um, and I, I I mean, this is between Real Madrid and Girona. Very, very simply put. I agree. Um, but it's it's absolutely unbelievable um, what's what's happening mm-hmm. here um I mean you've got Daley Blind who separated his contract right and picked up at Girona nobody thinking thinking that they'd probably be mid-table at best and now he is in a La Liga fight uh, or fight for the title um in La Liga uh they get it from all sides whether it's Dovbik, whether it's uh I mean Savio, Savio still continues to impress Uh, That midfield, uh, Ivan Martin and Alex Garcia continue to impress uh, those wingbacks. Jan Mm -hmm. Kuto is now, uh, I think he is a legitimate Manchester City prospect if Manchester City really do want to execute uh, that Uh, right to have him on their squad, right? Yeah. Um, Miguel Gutierrez, there's so much to like about it, but uh, but, uh, there still lies what? 19 fixtures in front of them? 18 uh, fixtures? And Gia Madrid is
0: one point behind, but one less fixture behind, point. too. So that's why yeah. Girona is first right now. But yes, going with what you said, Bretson, Girona right now has 17 wins, four draws, and only one loss. Right. Only one Amazing. loss. It's mad. And 52 <laughs> goals scored, which is the first in the league right now. Girona with yeah. Michel, terrific job. It's almost a bit like the Leicester. The Leicester of La mm-hmm. Liga. But there was no Real Madrid to go against them. <laughs> With a Celotti <laughs> especially. No. Because this is a special era that Real Madrid are living to. But Girona, yeah. this season... We're going to see an iconic squad that will be remembered in five, ten years' time. That Girona squad that had Miguel Gutierrez, that had Jan Koto, that had Alex Garcia, that had Artem Dovbik. that they even got him for $7 million. They had so many icons. And a Savi that is the leader of assist. Oh, my days. Do you remember that time, Breton? That will be the story I do. one day. <laughs> so I'm it's just just, I'm just that they're hap- making it happen.
1: <laughs> I'm just happy we're living it, right? Uh, La Liga has got everything going forward um, this particular season. Because I'll be honest, Alex, it's not just uh, Girona. There's also Nico Williams. I got to say it. He's going to be the most coveted player or one of the most coveted players coming out of La Liga this particular season. I believe there's a minimum fee release clause. Uh, on him 45 million what are we looking at pounds mm-hmm. potentially right um and I know the Premier League is probably the first place he likely will wind up there are several several clubs that are probably already um looking for his for his uh mm-hmm. signature but I gotta bring this up I mean Nico Williams how amazing is it um forget like athletic Bill Bauer's, um Pedigree and what they do when they build and construct a squad. But how amazing is it that Nico Williams gets to play with his brother Anaki uh, every day and that they also happen to be just seamlessly intertwined when they play together? They are so locked in when they play together because if you didn't see the Copa del Rey game um, where Athletic Bilbao. Uh, beat Barcelona and unfortunately started the um, the downfall of Xavi here, mm-hmm. uh, it was Nico Williams providing a goal and an assist, and it was Inaki Williams, his older brother, who plays for Ghana, uh, that also provided a goal and assist in, in extra time in order to surpass them. Um, so uh, Nico, just for everybody that looks at Lamine Yamal and his age and all that good stuff— uh, just take a step back first. Give Yamal his time. Let him develop. And look at Nico Williams, because he very much is uh, much closer to a finished product than Lamin-Yamal is. Make and it a happen, 21...
0: Make it happen. I mean, make it happen. Nico and Williams, Barca. one side. Bar- uh, Lamin-Yamal, the other. The future of Spain and Barca. It's tie and tie. Scary. Pedri. Scary. Gavi. Nico Williams. Lamin-Yamal. Pau Kubarzi one day. Fermin Lopez one day. If we have a strong Spanish national team, we have a strong Barca team. I've heard that many times, and I think that is factual. And I think you're bringing up Nico Williams, and he deserves that shout because that's such a short release clause for the potential that he's showing. And Real Madrid, Um, we both believe, mm -hmm. are favorites to win La Liga, and they did the right choice to extend with Ancelotti. Vinicius Jr. Mm -hmm. in his last four games goal scored. Valverde is <laughs> right there. Chua scored on his birthday. i love to see that celebration. Iconic, okay? And no doubt, Calafat, Florentino Perez, they have the right structure, and they have <sighs> the objective to consistently Fights for the Champions League and La Liga. You have the feeling. Nope. This is the thing with Real Madrid. Real Madrid have mm-hmm. not spent money like Man City, like Man United. And we can say confidently that they'll be fighting for La Liga and Champions League in the next five years with the amount of talents that they have. Vini, Rodrigo, sure. Camavinga, Chouameni, and Mbappé may be coming too. This is a mad one. And an obvious choice for Mbappé too. So, Real Madrid... Yeah. Jaumontada once yeah. again, and they win it. Almeria, you, Mallorca, so many.
1: You, you're you're mentioning. Um, you mentioned so many names there, and there there's one that has been standing out even more to me because the majority of the time he's not been playing the position he'd like, and that is Eduardo Camavinga. <laughs> um, just such a great footballer and a great footballer that is still so young and is going to grow in and just become even more dominant alongside Chouamani, but it is so nice seeing him in the midfield. So nice seeing him in the midfield when he gets to play where he wants Mm -hmm. to play. Um, He is going to be absolutely humongous for them. And that's you're you're right. I mean, you can see the view. You can see the vision over the next three, four, five years for Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they can figure out, well, if they can get their defense back healthy, but they can figure out how to bring in help. There, structural help, yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, what they got ain't it, I'm gonna tell you that much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well,
0: they have injuries right now with and del Militão, but when they're back, yes, they have it, but they need to have more options towards uh, Oof. always uh, being. Ready for these types yeah. of injuries. And that's why Antonio yep. Silva, Gonzalo Inacio, I'm very sure a center back is coming to Real Madrid next season. A center back and maybe Kylian Mbappé, and that's a huge summer. Showing an Antonio Silva, Henry, <laughs> Kylian Mbappé, that would break every Galactico's mind. With the amount of talent that they already have there, and Edwin Ancelotti too. And there's a statement that I want to refer to with Luka Modric and Ancelotti. Ancelotti Mm -hmm. said, I don't want Modric to warm up. If I'm not sure he will play, I respect him too much. Ancelotti said this, and remember who didn't respect the player and put him warming up and wasn't expecting him to come on? It was Christian Ronaldo (laughs) with Eric Ten Hag. He clearly <laughs> didn't know what to do with players with that stature. Eric ten Hag <laughs> learned from Carlo Ancelotti because you get to a certain degree that you need to be a leader with true leaders, people that have won Champions League. So I wanted to mention huh? that. And Kamavinga will grow with Luka Modric yeah. leaving. And he grew yeah. learning from Luka Modric too. So it's, yeah. a, it's, it's big what's happening. And Such it's good. big always transfers that need to happen because right now... The world is cooking and Atletico de Madrid is cooking. Oh, I gosh. wasn't expecting this yes. one. I w- I'm very no. critical of Diego Simeone many times, especially with Wonder Kids. I'm still a bit uh, mm, hurt with the Joan Felix situation, but the truth mm-hmm. is, Juan Felix didn't match the Simeone style of play. And when I see now Artur Vermaren for 18 million euros plus 5 million in add ons, I gotta say, Atletico Madrid fans, you hit yeah. right in the money you that's a guaranteed future potential belgium national team starter in my view i really believe in the Mm talent the talent the technique of arthur vermard and i i don't think Mm -hmm. they could have done better for the price that they paid
1: yeah he's uh he's still growing too and i see in him and the 20 year old pablo barrios uh in that atleti midfield i see a very very bright future um, for Atletico Madrid, but not to bring everything back to Xavi Alex. Uh, but like how many times would Diego Simeone been sacked, right if if uh, Xavi was or if we were applying Xavi's viewpoint and why he stepped down um, to Diego Simeone? I mean, atleti's had bad years, bad. Bad uh, years, right? Um, in fact, I think we were calling for his head in one of those years. That was like two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he has always bounced back. Why? Because quality doesn't mean doesn't mean first place every year. So it, it it means on. I know it just it pisses me off. It keeps. I have to keep going back to Xavi because I do think he's unfairly treated in this situation. I think he copped out. But yes, Arthur Vermeeren. Um, did not expect him to go to Atleti. You already said it. I said it. Incredibly shocked that he winds up going to La Liga. And the more I think about it, the more Makes I sense. love it. It's I a... think his physical attributes mm-hmm. are going to catch up even more with him. And I think he is going to be one of the more dominant midfielders in La Liga in a year or two's time.
0: Ooh, I love that prediction on Arthur Vermarin, because, yes, La Liga is a technical league. And Arthur Vermeeren mm-hmm. is a technical player from Royal Antwerp Key in their mm-hmm. first Belgium title league win in over, like, what, 50 years? Something like that. Something Absolutely like that, yeah. mad. Yeah. It was Arthur Vermeeren having a hand with that. And Moïse Keane on loan to Atlético 2. Must remember that happened. And you got Alvaro Marrata going bold. You have Griezmann going bold. You might have now Moïse Keane going bold, too.
1: <laughs> ah, you 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 might I mean I feel like Moise Keane is kind of the new Alvaro Morata before Morata had an amazing year he's having an amazing this year year this but year but on so loan I, not on transfers I have to throw that out there on loans not right. on transfers because but, the
0: transfers accumulated by Morata that agent is world class
1: <laughs> right yes it, he absolutely is and I guess Moise Keane can be thrown into that right now even though Moise Keane you, you said he's still only 23 years old mm-hmm. Um. I don't understand how these big-name squads, large squads, right, mm-hmm. keep coming for Moise Keane, right? And I know we've said that at some point in the past about Alvaro, Alvaro Morata, whether it was at Chelsea or any of the number of uh, random stops quality, along the way in his career.
0: I remember uh, Moise Keane sure. with uh, James Rodriguez, Carlo Ancelotti, and at Everton, he showed great quality yeah. there.
1: Yeah, for a depth for a depth piece and for the potential of him making something out of nothing on the pitch, I'm I'm okay with it. Right, long term, I'd rather see Samu Omarodian, who is on loan at Al-, Al Alaves and who has seven goals in La Liga this season. Mm. Right, I'd rather see him, and he is not the same type of a physical specimen that Moise Keenan. He's a big like Lukaku type target striker. Uh, obviously, Moise Keane can play a few more roles than that. Uh, but Samu Omar- Omarodian, I mean, Pablo Barrios, uh, Artur Vermeeran. I don't know. I mean, Atleti actually getting younger. Uh, Moise Keen too, um, they might actually have a future beyond Antoine Griezmann one day. And we'll p- see.
0: Riquelme and Arthur Vermeer in midfield. I absolutely yeah, Riquelme, love yep. those two talents. I think they can go a long way from where they are right now. Koke, Saul, yeah. they got to, they got to work from somewhere. And one thing is to work on the present and future, and that must happen. And as we mentioned, Vermeer yeah. for eighteen million is. A bargain, I believe so. And I mentioned PSG, yeah. uh, I mentioned Mbappé going to Real Madrid. If Mbappé goes to Real Madrid, I surely believe that Rafael Leon will be going to Paris Saint Germain. His release clause is of 175 million, and never forgetting the past when Ibra and Thiago Silva went to PSG. It's not the first time that they raid Milan, AC Milan in this Ooh. case, and Rafael Leon. I'm not I'm not gonna say he's a cheaper kind Kylian Mbappé because he's not a cheaper Kylian Mbappé. Rafael Leon is his own unique style of play player. Once you're 150 million plus, you are your own type of player. You're not a new type of anyone. Okay, I just want to say that. Yeah. And and Rafael Leon would come and he would immediately, I believe, be the best player in League 1. And that's what you have yeah. to be if you cost 175 million in a team that has a lugar, a team that <laughs> has a vitinha, a team that has a lot of Portuguese league players or passed through the Portuguese right. league. I think it would make sense. So, Rafael <laughs> Rafaelinho. Yeah,
1: and and those of you that might forget, uh, Rafael Liao actually did have that small stint, uh, 26 games, I believe it was, eight goals for Lille, oh, Right? Yes. Uh, was that in the? Yeah, was that With in the year camp- that they? With Luiz Yeah, right. It was right, his choice. Right. Yeah. That back when
0: there was, was uh, yeah. Rafael Leon. Mike Magnan was yep. there too in that team. Yeah. And oh Milan, Asa Milan are in a big risk if Rafael Leon leaves to so then keep Mike mm-hmm. Magnan and Teo Hernandez too. Inter and Juve mean business, especially a Juve that has Giantoli. Giantoli is a genius sporting director. I believe he's mm. going to make Juve great again. I fully believe that's going to happen. Miretti's playing more. Yildiz is playing more. McKenny looks like a genius the way he plays. Vlahovic is a top striker right now. Juve is here mm-hmm. to stay. After Allegri, give Conte to Giantoli. Success will come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you're right there. <laughs> uh, although, I, I forget who got sent off the other day, but didn't start off well, but Juve at least. Uh, Pulled, pulled out a point from that one. Oh, Inter looks unbeatable right now. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna oh, say it though. Not be uh, but, easy, you...
0: but true But true. D- uh, yeah. Super Copa d'Italia, Lautaro Martinez scores a clutch goal, and right now Lautaro Martinez is one of the best young stri- young no one of the best strikers. He's not young anymore. <laughs> 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 I remember saying well, Lautaro you... Martinez was young, but Lautaro yeah. is one of the. Prospects or prospect? What prospects? I still go with the young (laughs) Alvaro Martinez, (laughs) but he's one of the players to maybe move if Inter don't convince an extension.
1: Well, I, 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 and Dušan Vlahović will have something to say, um, you know, about that this season. It it, have you obviously, Juve. One of the biggest developments of this particular season has been the fact that Dušan Vlahović has come into his own. And he has become the assassin for Juve that Lautaro Martinez is for Inter True. right now. Um, and they need this Dusan Vlahovic if they even want to uh, compete for the Scudetto this season. I think it's more realistic maybe in the in the future seasons. But Dusan Vlahovic still just twenty three years old, five goals in his last three Serie A matches, twelve and fifteen league starts this season, um, and he has looked uh, like anything he shoots. Uh, does not miss. And I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think Juve have lost a game since late September. I, I'm going to double-check that, you but, know? But, uh, but,
0: but one thing's yeah. for sure, Juve this season looked very different, and they did a lot of defensive restructures. The Locatelli slept Locatelli is mm. underrated. Miretti is an underrated youngster. The Chiesa-Vlahovic duo is becoming underrated right now. And a player like Andrea Cambiaso, Gatti, they yep. don't get the focus and the attention that they deserve. It's Inter or Juve to win the Scudetto. I believe a lot in that prediction for sure. It's a two-team two mm. race right now two-team race right now. And yes, it's true, Napoli cannot be in this race because, yes, they do not have the players to be in this race or the manager, I believe. Well, they have one no. player. No. <laughs> well, They do. Which is Victor <laughs> Yeah,
1: Victor Ozimé. And uh, I think his time is running short at Napoli. Uh, but what, before what, what mentioning you,
0: Victor Ozime, I think we should mention that, or I'd like to mention that right now, Bayern Munich as one of the best players Fullback duos in the world right now. <laughs> I fully believe mm. that. With Alfonso Davies on the left and with Sasha, and Boy Sasha Boy at the right. It's a, it's a bargain against mm-hmm. get Sasha Boy for 30 million. And the world class potentially has immediate impact at the right hand side. Yeah. Believe that it's gonna happen and don't be shocked when he goes to the Euros in 2024 for France. Now he's gonna be like in the spotlight. Everybody's gonna now start he- t- start to know about Sasha Boy. And he's been balling up for Galatasaray uh, since he arrived. Right.
1: One million. But, but, you're right for one million, Bretson. How can that be? He, stop he did, did. he oh, I, I I don't I don't know, considering that Stad Rene have gotten paid very well. Um it, for previous players. I mean, all of these players have come out of Stad Rene. Uh, Sasha Bowie, Matisse Tell, Usmane Dembele, Eduardo Camavinga, among many others, oh uh, God. but those are the big ones. Uh, Sasha Bowie to go to Galatasaray, Jeremy Doku. Uh, Jeremy Doku, but Doku was in the Belgian Pro League, I think, uh, previous to that. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sasha Bowie, I mean, uh, it's the Turkish Super League making that a destination, right? Uh, for them to make a big move like this. $30 million, uh, is is no chump change for somebody coming from the Turkish Super League. I mean, that's a that's a big amount of money. Uh, it shows you how thoroughly scouted he likely is. Um, What kind of talent he brings to that. And Galatasaray, uh, there was a period of time that they didn't lose for, I don't know, like seven months, I just, six months or I something. And Sasha pro- Bowie mm-hmm. was because of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Bayern Munich making shrewd. Solving a big need because... I couldn't mm-hmm. even tell you who their their healthy healthy right backs are Pavard. right now. Ah Pavard went yeah. to Inter even. Oh, yeah, it's not even Pavard, he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but Yeah, that's... it would have
1: been it would have been like Buna Sar and uh he's injured and it would have been uh um, but he's been injured. Mazrui. Exactly, exactly. Mazrui, Yeah. So Sheesh. I I
0: I agree and I said it was a bargain 30 million because Ben will cost how much? Tino Livramento cost oh, yeah. how much yeah, to yeah. Newcastle? And he's still mm-hmm. under 24, Sasha Bui. So if you know, you know. Start to expect him in the French national team from now on with this move. Brilliant. I wanted to mention that in yeah. the transfers. And yes, Victor good, Ozime is a must with the transfer news because we got Di Laurentiis, the Napoli president, confirming to everyone that next season he'll be leaving Napoli and it's or PSG or Real Madrid or a Premier League Mm. top team. I think Real Madrid is not going to happen. I think PSG is not going to happen with Rafael Leon being their biggest transfer target. And I think the best destination is Chelsea. Chelsea Chelsea. has to get a striker. An African legend getting an AFCON and now going to Chelsea in the summer. It's giving me Didier Drogba vibes right there. Eto has been at Chelsea too in the past, too. But it's more with the Drogba vibes because the future of Ivory, the present future of Ivory Coast was with Drogba. The present future of Nigeria is with Ozime. So I think mm. now is the time to move to the Premier League and to become an icon in the Premier League, a Nigerian striker. Oh, oh. Love it.
1: Well, I don't know, Alex. I mean, I think there are some Nigerian supporters out there that might say that the present and future of Nigeria is Ademola Lukman after that <laughs> round of sixteen win. Uh, but yes, no, Victor, obviously Victor Osimhen, what he what he did um, to mm-hmm. launch launch Napoli to their first scudetto in thirty years. Uh, that will never be forgotten. Napoli, um, and yeah,
0: it's over. I mm-hmm. want to really mention this to the FC Wonder Kid fans. Sure. I start to see that Di Laurentiis will not make Napoli a Scudetto winner anytime short right now. He's too full of himself, I think, in his ideas. He believes that mata- ma- uh, the, the manager that is right now there is better than Mourinho. You're a lunatic if that's mm. the case. I really wanted to mention that because it was Gian Toli, the sporting director that I mentioned with Juve, that was the man who made Napoli win the Scudetto. Yeah, and now he's going to make it, it, Juve win everything once again. Remember what I'm saying. So playing. episode ever one hundred forty-one.
1: So yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually gonna agree with you. They look a shade of their <laughs> former self, and even guys, even guys that were absolutely lights out during the Scudetto Kvart. run. Matias um, yeah, they, they are shades of their former self. Kvaratskhelia maybe less so, but yeah, Oliveira is a great shout in terms of guys that uh, had an amazing year and have since fallen off. Uh, Labadka, he's been okay. Um, yeah, it just... Zelensky, he's been okay. Can't uh can't uh, An- he's been okay. But um, has left. But
0: they can't. They yeah, just they, can't. So uh, Leipzig... The, the, so you mean to say Leipzig but it only, is greater than Napoli?
1: What? Uh, well, yeah, I think in the future. But I, I don't know. Do you think Napoli is good enough, at least now, to take down Chelsea? Or Chelsea? Barcelona? Uh, when the Champions League comes back? They shouldn't be. No, and I believe they shouldn't this be, chubby right.
0: decision will definitely help uh, Barcelona winning against Napoli. Napoli's final season <laughs> at Barca, losing to a poor Napoli team that has Ozime being their biggest star but Quaresma a shade from what he was last season, they for sure shouldn't lose. For sure, pressure well, is on. On.
1: Vic- yeah. <laughs> Victor Osimhen to Chelsea would be a <laughs> a cherry on the top of a billion dollar Sunday, <laughs> I guess. 120 million. Uh, 120 I mean, it million. would just be of his spending so far, whatever chump change, bring the guy in. It's very clear that they need a striker. Um, So uh, yeah, London is just going to get lit up with ridiculous transfer, uh, (laughs) ridiculous transfer money in the near future. Yeah. Arsenal hasn't even gotten started yet. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, it's yeah. gonna
0: be the summer. This next summer, we're gonna have a Chav no, Next summer, we're gonna have a Barca team that wants a new manager. And next summer, we're gonna mm. have a team that of a Liverpool team that will be doing a lot of transfers. Next summer, it's gonna be absolutely mad with the Euros, with Copa America, with Xavi, Liverpool. I, this whole drama that's happening. Probably Spurs. Spurs and Chiepochte <laughs> yeah,
1: that per, would be probably them too. One. They're. they're- they're yeah? going to be busy as well. I think yeah. so.
0: And then you see even Brentford with Antonio Nusa that we were expecting to to Tottenham. He's going to Brentford uh, this summer. What a move for $35 <sighs> million. Bargain for what oh he can bring to gosh. Brentford in the future. The future of Norway and Club Bruges. Rights will be in action in the Premier League. What well, I got to
1: ask you. I got to ask you with that amount of spend, right? One that just shows you the the might of the Premier League, right? Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the power, the financial power um, that any club within the Premier League currently has at their fingertips. Uh, but do you think Antonio Nusa um, and Brentford hijacking that from Spurs, do you think that that is kind of a last-ditch 35 million euro effort to keep Ivan Tony at Brentford?
0: I think he's going to leave, even though they bring Antonio Nusa.
1: And I think he should learn with
0: the... With the behaviors of Ivan-, Ivan Tony, if he wants to leave the club, it's yeah, go. not, he's, he's not right. going to be good for the locker room. I think, honestly, for mm. Brentford and for the project, the fact that they convinced. Mm. Antonio Nusa speaks levels because this player, yeah, I'm sure, is talking to every top team in the world right now. If Arsenal wanted yeah. Mudrik, I'm sure they asked about Antonio Nusa to Club Brugge. I, it's it's yeah. it's not a mad it's not a mad thought because Nuza is balling in the Champions League with Club Brugge. He did last season. He was unreal, yeah. unreal. I watched him against Porto. I was shocked, shocked. Yeah, again, and
1: and and here I only thought Brentford brought in Danes. And Danes only, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, there is a Danish setup there. Uh, so maybe they've just broadened it out to uh, include all Scandinavians. But obviously that is a that is a coup of a signing. And it's unfortunate because I really do think Antonio Nusa would have been a phenomenal signing uh, for Spurs. More, will come. Um, More I, I will really, come. really, really do think so. Um, you know who else would be a phenomenal signing for Spurs? Mm. If they can't get Nusa, they should go all in for Nico Williams. <laughs> Definitely,
0: Barça. Please don't make this happen. If Barça let go of Nico Williams in that league, in La Liga, they see it so clearly. But with (laughs) Ange Postecoglou, Nico Williams, look, I'm not gonna hate on that move. Uh, I'm not gonna hate on that move, and that would be Son becoming a striker, and Nico Williams the left, and the left hand side. I'm assuming. Yeah, no. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, yeah. Well, but... yeah, no. And it would it would allow it would allow Kulisevsky to maybe be more of a roaming playmaker instead of a winger, which I don't think he really is mm. yet. I don't know. Um. But you you would still, I think, need a striker. Mm-hmm. You would still, I think, need at least a depth striker, young striker, maybe Alejo Valise. Is that in the long term? But yeah, in the short term, do you go for Ivan Tony? And do they even have this money? But I think for forty-five million, with with their wings being a pretty pretty big focal point for uh, Big Ange, I I just feel Nico Williams. I think Nico Williams wants the Premier League, right? Uh, So. Let's wait. Spurs and would see. be good. And Tottenham yeah, don't and need to see.
0: spend big time money on their stadium like a Man United needs to spend. Like a Chelsea For maybe sure. needs to spend. Like the future of Tottenham mm. is looking bright with Ange Postecoglou. Let us know down For below sure. what you believe in transfers. Do we agree with what we said? Do you disagree with what, you, well, what we said? Let us know down below. I wanted to mention For Afcon sure. finalists. Afcon final time because we're now in the round of 16 what are your big predictions redson because we got an angola against nigeria in the quarterfinals and we have other matches too that we do not know the outcomes but before the round of 16 finish who do you believe that are big contenders to win <coughs> the Afcon until the end Bretton?
1: Well, I don't know. I'm, uh, do I have any qualifying? Uh, or you, any put to... you put Ivory Coast. You put Ivory exactly. Coast to win it,
0: and do, now they're do, playing against do... Senegal.
1: <laughs> I, I know, but friends. here, here is the most. <laughs> this is why. This is why there is so much intrigue in Afcon because the Ivory Coast, after going one and two, one win, two losses in their group stage as a host, unheard of. Just not not good, right? Uh, they sacked their coach, only to then find out that they are now coachless heading into a round of 16 matchup because they were the last club to qualify as a third place, last club, last uh, nation to qualify as a third place team. So now they have to go up against Sadio Mane, Pape, uh, Pap Matar Sar, um, and Senegal <laughs> in the next round. And, and it, it is just almost laughable in that sense. Uh, but no, I, I am going to go. I, I will have to give Nigeria credit. Nigeria looks better. I like that. They look better even without Victor Osimhen scoring all their goals. That's good. That's a great, great thing for Nigeria moving forward. I now can see why they would be favorites. I still think that they're going to get found out when it comes to their defense. Mm. I am going to go all in on Senegal here. I think that they have more playmakers, more. Um, Watch them lose time uh, and those go
0: Then we know you're I, I the know, variable. I know, I know. Watch it
1: happen. <laughs> then
0: we know. And then I am the
1: variable. <laughs> uh, but it's Senegal or Morocco, <laughs> Senegal or Morocco for me.
0: Morocco is gonna have a tough game, though, Breton, and I hope yeah. I hope yeah. Kabird makes something happen, though. But I want to say, you yeah. think that the defense is what what's gonna expose Nigeria? Nigeria in their mm-hmm. last four games have only one goal suffered. They have Adamola Lukman yeah. going bold. They have Osieme that still hasn't gone bold. But I fully believe if. Nigeria win the AFCON, is with Ozime going bold in the quarter, in the semifinal, and in the final. And prove to the world that he's the best African player in the world. Because, yes, he was nominated the best African player in 2023. Now it's to prove it and to prove a a $120 price tag from Chelsea to be spent in the future. Mm. That's what he's got to do in this AFCON. He's got to be the big man. And Algeria, Breton, uh, Algeria were bottom of their group. Algeria haven't won an AFCON game since they won AFCON in 2019. The expectations are so low that they lost to Mauritania. It was Mauritania's first AFCON win in their history against Algeria. Mahrez is not looking good. His heritage is not the same to Mo Salah with Egypt and of (sighs) Sadio Mane with Senegal. Even uh, though he won the AFCON. It's just looking very bad right now.
1: That's what I mean. Like with the AFCON the entry there was no there was literally no betting on this tournament. Um you would have gotten destroyed. Uh because the the intrigue here, um, seeing Kudus uh, completely speechless after Ghana were crashed out in True. the group stage, right? Uh seeing Tunisia sent home. I know this isn't the strongest Tunisian team, but you at least expect them to do a little more than what they did instead True. of finishing bottom of, in a, in a very right, very lenient group stage, as we saw with Ivory Coast getting through with one win, two losses. Um, but nothing, nothing spoke more to, uh, to the intrigue of AFCON than Algeria crashing out and seeing a guy like Aisa Mundi, uh go to the fans after the game, uh, and the fans were so inconsolable and so angry, even though he was trying to do the right thing to apologize. Um, he's, he was getting pelted. Mm-hmm. He was getting jeered at, he was getting sent home. Um, same thing with the Ghanaian journalists. They could not hide their disdain, uh, for choices made at the top for selection for mm-hmm. whatever it, it is. Uh, it is amazing. It was amazing to kind of be, to, to see that unfold. you, so just goes well, to show anyone can win um, but yeah no Ghana in the knockout well, stage in this AFCON Angola yeah. Cab
0: Verde Nigeria Love all it. these national Love teams it. went bold Morocco can go yeah. bold still Algeria went bold for the wrong reasons Mauritania went mm-hmm. bold for the right reasons but boldness is what happens in AFCON and even 100%. the bizarre story of Andre Onana in AFCON it's bizarre oh one game played Three goals conceded, no saves, no registered saves in AFCON, and he was dropped for the last two games yep. of Cameroon and AFCON. The bizarre yep. story of Onana. Not doing good for, for his- Man United going to AFCON, and not doing good yep. either for Cameroon and AFCON. It was a bizarre yep. month. He has to forget and re- what happened.
1: Re- replaced, Andre Onana was replaced by his cousin, <laughs> who was not even a starting keeper in if I'm not mistaken, in I believe it's the third division, uh, so the national national in France. Um, so and but there are wonderful stories too that have come out of it. And you mentioned Angola; they won their first round of sixteen Afcon match ever. Uh, And you got to give a little sporting history to everybody. Gelson Dalla was off the mark for two goals um, and they, they look like they could play a, you know, a little bit of the thorn in a strong Nigerian side. But the other one, the actual leading goal scorer of the whole tournament right now, Alex plays in the third division Mm. in Spain. He plays in the third division in Spain and he's listed Alex as a defender. He's listed (laughs) as a defender and he uh, scored five goals in the group stage to become the, uh, I believe it was the most goals in a group stage in over 50 years in AFCON. And his name is Emiliano Sue and he's 34 years old. So, I mean, stories like that, you're not going to get in more developed um, uh, competitions like a Euro, right, where everybody has, like, tip-top infrastructure and all that stuff. You're only going to get it in AFCON, um, and I am here for every second of it because some of these guys will go on. They'll get plucked up. They'll get opportunities. Um, and I just I, I love I love every second of it. So I love let's it. see I love if so.
0: Egypt can make it happen without Mo Salah, Can Ivory Ooh. Coast shock the world? And can Nigeria confirm to the world that they should be? the favorites towards winning the AFCON. The truth is there's a t- golden generation of Morocco that has the weight to deliver in this AFCON to Agert, Amrabat, Ziyech, Onahi that always looks different with Morocco. Bono that is one of the best international goalkeepers out there. And Hakimi that is one of the best right backs yep. in the world. Will they make it happen? Let us know down below in the comment section. Uh, In FC Wonder Kid episode 141, is there any last mentions that you want to do,
1: Bretton? No, none that none that to, to be MLS. said. 10 million! 10 million! <laughs> oh, well, yeah. well, yeah, we could talk about that. But also, I think the bigger signing for me, that's a lot of cheddar for FC Dallas to part with, considering salary caps and all that stuff in our league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more heartwarming one for me is Pedro De La Vega signing with the Seattle Sounders mm-hmm. for 6000000 million. He's got 120-plus appearances for Lanús. Um, and uh, his, not surprisingly... Uh, But he is going to be playing in the same league as his longtime idol, which is Leo Messi. Uh, But he has been brought in. If people don't know the Seattle Sounders, the Seattle Sounders, um, they routinely bring in 40,000-plus to uh, an NFL stadium. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are one of the best. I've been to multiple games. I've been to Seattle. Uh, They are one of the best atmospheres uh, in all of the States in all of major league soccer. Um, and it, you know, you've got guys like Russell Wilson, who was the former quarterback for the Seattle Sounders that own uh, a part of it. Uh, they, they've got a very, very good um, pedigree Seahawks, when it comes right? to what, what new MLS is. <laughs> yep. the Seattle Seahawks FC Dallas in turn, that's a big deal for them to go out and spend 10 million on Petar Musa. Um it's and I, I think Pepe. what do you think? <laughs> yeah, they get well, they they did. They developed Ricardo Pepe. Weston McKinney was mm-hmm. there at one point. Tanner Tessman Pop- uh oh, who's at there? Venezia, yeah. Paxton McCall It's they, they're very rich in their youth development. Petar Musa is only what, twenty five? Mm, I 24? think he's young,
0: yeah, 25. I think he's towards yeah. that age, yes. But we're mentioning this might
1: be their first. This might be their first Croatian, though, so it'll be interesting. Uh, uh, what he thinks of the 105 hmm. degree weather in Frisco, Texas.
0: That will be an interesting move towards that. I, uh, let's see if Musa becomes the top goal scorer of the MLS against Luis Suarez, <laughs> <laughs> that has just arrived and yeah, he at in Miami. But one thing's for sure. Chicharito will be in the top goal scorers of Liga Mexicana. Return to Chivas Guadalajara after 18 years. I'll never forget just seeing the name of Javier Hernandez, saying, "Who's this guy that's going to Man United?" and watching him in the yeah. World Cup. the World Cup. Pretty the expectation, like the memories, like it's just m- yeah. mad. It's I, mad that it's happening. I
1: thought, I thought the same thing when I used to go as a kid to MetroStars games up at Giant Stadium. And there was a young goalkeeper, uh, Tim Howard, uh, that was in goal. <laughs> and I remember thinking the exact same thing when I first saw Tim Howard in a Manchester United jersey. Uh, let alone the, you know, being one of the largest appearance leaders uh, in Everton history. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. When Chicharito went to um, to Manchester United, it, it like changed me as a fan. Uh, just watching him actually succeed there, too, for for, a li- for some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at his best, he was a scary, scary striker to play against. And uh, now that's for sure. Santiago, Rímenes to pass the torch yeah. and
0: scored a bunch of goals because where is he He's going gotta next? He's got to work on those
1: penalties, though, Alex. He's got to <laughs> work on those penalties, man. Oh. Um, but I will tell you, I will tell you, you tell me Chicharito is going to score a bunch of goals for Chivas? I'm gonna agree with you, but we got an American down there. He's got several caps, obviously, for the U.S. His mm-hmm. name's Brandon Vasquez. He scored double-digit goals for FC Cincinnati last season, and he was bought by Monterrey, uh, the Reados for eight million. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's already got three goals in his first two games. Still only 25 years old. So I gotta say, I'm happy. I'm happy that Liga MX has reversed, uh, you know, not signing Americans. Uh, And they're going to sign some Americans um, here and there. And I think Brandon Vazquez is going to give Liga MX a run for their money when it comes to that golden boot. We'll Mm, see. Interesting
0: prediction here at the end of episode 141. Let us know what you agree, what you disagree, what are the topics that you'd like to see in the next week's podcast. Thank you for listening until now to episode 142. And thank you, people, for going bold with us another episode. Take care, people.